Welcome to the Metal Tech Podcast, this region's leading business podcast, shining a light on technology, entrepreneurship, and the future of business in Kentucky and beyond. Our goal is to advance the ecosystem by bringing attention to the founders, changemakers, innovators, and those supporting them. Middle Tech's content can be found on your favorite podcast streaming app, social channels, and YouTube. We encourage you to follow and participate in the conversation. Let's discuss and build the future. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. We've got Evan Knowles and Logan Jones here. We are trying to build the ecosystem here in Kentucky. And part of our job is to take outside perspectives and bring them into the state to make sure we are hearing from those that are a few steps ahead of us so that we can follow in their footsteps. And this is one of those episodes. So we sat down with Brian Moyer, who is the CEO and president of the Nashville Technology Council. And he is tasked with the very hard job of leading that ecosystem uh, to develop a community that is uh, inclusive and grows the technology ecosystem. Uh, we're obviously trying very hard to do that here in Kentucky. We're doing amazing things. I think we've got great progress. Uh, everybody is doing a great job, but there's always improvement. And so we wanted to hear from Brian on what they're doing down there because they're obviously doing an amazing job. Uh, just recently, they've had Amazon, Oracle, and many other companies uh, relocate and open offices in Nashville. And that's a big deal because you know we'd love that to happen here in Kentucky as well. And startups are thriving down there. People are wanting to start businesses. People are moving. A lot of my friends that have graduated from UK or UofL immediately moved down to Nashville just because there's a lot more opportunity down there in general, but most importantly, relevant to our conversation in the technology space. Yeah, so this is the first interview we've done with a technology council, um, but we've actually had two calls. We, we get on intro calls with all of our guests to get to know them a little bit before recording, and we also had an intro call with the equivalent of the Technology Council up in Indianapolis. And what I've come to learn from those two calls and from now this interview as well is these types of organizations really are the connective tissue and the backbone of, of a lot of these startup ecosystems. They are playing such an important role. Uh, and as we get into this interview, you'll hear a lot about the four pillars that the Nashville Technology Council really focuses on and the way that Brian and his team go about executing on those. But you know, one of the most important things, and I think you'll hear it a lot here in Kentucky as well, is the talent piece of the startup ecosystem and developing that talent and promoting the players in it and connecting everyone within it. And that's what these technology councils are doing, and they're doing a great job of it. Uh, so whenever we start talking about all this stuff, that gets me really excited for what Middle Tech's working on. So this is one of those interviews where, like Evan said, we're going to an outside startup ecosystem that is well-developed and is doing a lot of great things. And we're trying to be that connective tissue from, in this case, Nashville, Tennessee, and connect that to Lexington, Kentucky, and more than that, Kentucky as a whole. Uh, something we've been talking about a lot lately is you know, Lexington and Louisville, while both have their great respective startup ecosystems, we need to be more collaborative. We need to work together more and be more of a Kentucky startup ecosystem. Uh, so that's what the role that Middle Tech is trying to play. We discussed everything from the mission of the Nashville Technology Council, uh, those four pillars that I mentioned, how they go about executing on that mission. Uh, we discussed some of the major inflection points that have built that ecosystem. Uh, and then we talk a little bit about how we can apply what Brian's talking about to here in Kentucky. So we're really excited for you guys to take a listen and hope that you guys get a lot out of it. Before we dive into that, as we always do, we just want to get a quick word from our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Land Betterment. Land Betterment is doing some incredible work throughout Appalachia and Eastern Kentucky as they are taking abandoned strip mines and putting sustainable businesses in their place. These businesses not only provide a useful repurposing of the land, but they also provide great jobs to replace the mining jobs that were lost when the mine was shut down. To learn more about Land Betterment, you can listen to our interview with their founders, Mark Jensen and Kirk Taylor, on episode 97, or visit their website at landbetterment.com. We're also sponsored by Airwing Ventures. Airwing helps determined entrepreneurs seeking resources to grow with capital and connections in order to build successful companies and impactful legacies. They're all about high growth companies, high growth careers, and high growth communities. I've personally known Dan Beldy for about four years now, and I've seen the work he's been doing in the community, and we should all feel very blessed and grateful that a VC like himself is here in Kentucky. I encourage you to connect with Airwing and learn more. Let's all grow this state together. You can reach out to Dan at info at airwing.vc or dan at airwing.vc, and their website is www.airwing.vc. guys welcome back uh, today we are joined by brian moyer who is the president and ceo down at the nashville technology council uh, so just a couple weeks ago we talked to jane allen who was part of the uh, nashville entrepreneur center so this organization is very closely re- related to that uh, and we actually got to talk to brian a couple weeks ago and found out that the nashville entrepreneur center came out of the nashville technology council so we're excited to sit down with brian and hear a little bit more about what they do um, but before we get into that, Brian, thank you for joining us. How are things down in Nashville today? It's a beautiful day in Nashville. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, as we kick it off here, let's just start with an intro about where you're from and uh, your educational and professional background up until this point. So I'm uh, I'm an Army brat. I traveled the world with my dad for for many years. But prior to coming to Nashville, I spent close to 30 years in Missouri, a, a small town called Rolla. I say that I'm from the St. Louis area because I worked out of St. Louis. My wife worked out of St. Louis, and that's a that, that's a city that more people uh, recognize than, than Rolla. But Rolla does have a great engineering school, and that is where I attended college. I am one of those college dropouts that left in my senior year to start my first company and never looked back. And then uh, along the way, taught myself to code as I was getting into the tech scene. And then in 1999, moved to Nashville with my first tech startup uh, that was focused on healthcare. And it was healthcare that uh, that brought me here. And uh, here I am today. Uh, walk us through how you became the president and CEO of the Nashville Technology Council. And uh, let's start to, to introduce what that is to our audience. Sure. So, the Greater Nashville Technology Council is a membership-based trade association. We've got about 600 member companies. We pretty much cover the what we call the Middle Tennessee area, which is the Nashville MSA. It's Nashville and the 14 surrounding counties here. I found myself six, seven years ago, eight years ago, I had sold the company that brought me to Nashville and launched another company and was really kind of 
yearning to do something different. So I I went to work for a friend of mine as the CIO of a software company, officially headquartered here in Nashville, but all my team was in Dallas and then we bought a company in California. So I literally spent three years on a plane just in, in one city or another and was ready to get off of that merry-go-round and sat down with a friend of mine to say, what do I do? I've never looked for a job in all of my adult life, and I don't know the first thing. And as we were going through that process of trying to whittle down what might be a good fit, he got a call from the chairman of the board of the Technology Council saying that my predecessor had just turned in his resignation and they were starting a search, and she was calling to ask him if he would like to lead that search. So call that fate? I don't know. But that's a very interesting way that I, that I ended, up, ended up here. I mean, I had to go through the process and, you know, there were a hundred or so people that applied for the job, but the opportunity just kind of landed in my lap as I was having that conversation. Yeah. And let's dive into the National Technology Council in a bit more detail here. So whenever you're building a startup ecosystem, obviously there's a lot of things that go into that. And I love how you, I love how you guys on your website have kind of distilled down, you know, four key pillars. And so I want to kind of go through the, each of those briefly and talk about what that means to you all in the city of Nashville and Tennessee as a whole. Um, as you mentioned, you cover a lot of businesses in that that general region. And let's start with Connect. The, the, the four are Connect, Unite, Develop, and Promote. But let's start with Connect. So uh, really, as an ecosystem builder, uh, your job is to connect anybody involved in that ecosystem to each other. And so how have you guys avoided fragmentation? Uh, oftentimes here in Kentucky, people complain about there being some fragmentation with different organizations in Kentucky that are assisting the ecosystem. So how have you guys approached Connect and how do you avoid fragmentation? You know, I I feel like we're fairly fortunate because I've heard of that fragmentation happening in other cities. I think a, a couple of things. One is we focus, when we talk about connecting we really focus on the community of workers instead of the companies. So our members are companies, but it's really the employees of those companies, the techies, the tech workers that we focus on and try to make sure that they're connected within the community. I think that uh, it, it's a great question about how we've avoided a, a lot of fragmentation. And I think, I, I don't think that we have to own everything. So we really go out of our way to promote and to support any other organization in town that's working to the benefit of the tech community. So if, if somebody else is, you know, there's 90 plus meetups, we don't own those meetups, but we offer them a place to meet and we offer them financial support if they need it. And, you know, we don't want to own that process, but we want to support it. And I think that that collaborative, inclusive kind of mindset is really what I would say is the secret to trying to avoid that fragmentation. And so are you, all of you all in like a, a Slack channel? Are you guys in a big email? Like how do you guys communicate with all the different stakeholders? Because I think here in Kentucky that might be a problem is, you know, there's a Lexington Slack channel. There's a Louisville Slack channel. How are you guys making sure you're on the same page? Good question, and I don't know that I have a perfect answer for that. We've got a variety of different communication vehicles. I think a lot of it happens through social media, 
that's something that I personally have kind of concentrated on for the past several years. And again, I use that platform to celebrate and promote all the different organizations in town that are that are trying to promote and better the tech community. We've got for kind of like what you were describing, we've got a Slack channel that kind of is a is the preferred method of communication for this group and maybe another group is using Teams. We have we do have a little fragmentation as far as how different groups or peer groups communicate, but in the end, through our newsletter, through our social media, we seem to have been able to pull that together. Yeah, and so the next one that we've talked about here is is Unite. Uh, so talk about what Unite means to the Nashville Technology Council and uh, and how you guys go about doing that as well. Unite refers to our policy and advocacy efforts. So one of the things that makes Nashville, I, I think, is is key to the growth, the economic uh, prosperity that we're enjoying right now is the fact that Nashville and Tennessee in general is a very business-friendly location. We make it easy to do business here. There's no state income tax, and people talk about that as they're relocating here as one of the factors of, of why they might want to move to Nashville. But our policy and, and advocacy efforts are not intended to insert ourselves where we don't need to be. Where we really want to focus is how do we keep Nashville as business friendly as it can be? Because we think that's the future and that's very important to the continued economic growth of, of the area. Yeah. I mean, you saw that down in Austin. So many people left California for better business policy in Austin. I mean, you heard it over and over again. Sounds like you guys are taking that same approach. And the unique thing about Austin and, and Texas is that Austin is the capital of Texas and Nashville is the capital of Tennessee. Do you view that as an advantage that you're so close and intertwined with the government? Because here in Kentucky, Frankfurt is not a tech hub at all in any way, shape, or form, but a lot of their policy affects you know, Louisville and Lexington and some of these other more tech-focused markets in Kentucky. Do you view that as an advantage that that's the capital? Well, it makes it easier for sure. I, I will say that we really go out of our way to try to include our sister organizations from Memphis and Knoxville and Chattanooga in all of those policy discussions that we have. So there's an active advocacy committee that exists and it includes representatives from across the state. And so I don't lead that effort. Alex Curtis on our team leads that effort, but he goes out of his way to make sure that the entire state feels like they've got a voice in whatever policy work that we're work that, that we're doing. That's, not only to try and tie the state together, but there's also a reason for that because it's hard to get the attention of a legislator or representative from East Tennessee or West Tennessee if all we want to talk about is Nashville and if only the companies that we're, that we're bringing to the conversation are from Nashville. They get tired of hearing about Nashville. They want to know what's going on in other parts of the state, and so we try to give them that and really include the entire state in those conversations. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think when I think of a technology council, um, we've, we've had a call with uh, the one that's up in Indianapolis as well. A lot of what I think a major part of the work you guys are doing and a major important part of that is developing the talent pool 
within the startup ecosystem. So talk a little bit about how you guys have gone about developing that talent pool and, and maybe the skills that you guys are focused on the most within that talent pool. Well, let me, let me start by saying we probably invest more resources in terms of team members and energy into this particular pillar than any of the others. They're all important, but our board actually set a goal in 2018 during a strategic retreat to double the size of our tech workforce by 2025. And the reason we kind of stuck our neck out on that point is we believe the future of economic development, our future ability to attract companies and to attract new jobs has everything to do with talent. It's, it's all about the talent. And when you talk to companies that have recently relocated here or that are considering relocating here, that is the first thing out of their mouth is what's the talent look like or the reason we moved here is because of the talent. So we think that's critically important. Our work around this develop pillar actually goes back m more than 10 years. It was the, of, of all the things that we're talking about, it was kind of the first one that we organized. And that was back in 2010, a partnership with the local chamber around a program called T3, Turning the Tide of Technology. And the purpose of that initiative was to create IT advisory or tech advisory councils within or with all of the area colleges and universities. We thought it was important to feed information and uh, feedback from the business community to the people that are creating the curriculums to make sure that the students that are graduating have the skills that our employers are looking for. Otherwise, you've got this huge disconnect. So that was the first effort that we launched. I was, you know, not in this position. I was just a business owner on the outside looking in, and I raised my hand and became a member of the IT Advisory uh, Council for Trebekah University here in town. And I actually watched as our feedback, mine and other business people that were on the committee, resulted in three new degree programs being created at Trebekah. It's like, wow, we, we can actually have, a, have an impact here. But then we started hearing from Trevecca and Lipscomb and other universities that, okay, we did this. We did what you asked. We created these new degree programs, but we have empty seats. We have empty capacity. The students coming out of our high schools are not selecting these degree programs. And so we thought, all right, how can we, what can we do to help solve that problem? And that became uh, the beginnings of our efforts in K through 12 to try and get down into as young as middle school and introduce those students to what a career in technology might look like before kind of between the time that they realize they're not going to be able to be a professional athlete and they choose another career. We wanted to grab them right then and uh, let them know how much fun a, a career in technology might be. There's a bunch of stuff that we do. Hour of Code is a program that we run every year. We have traveling tech days where we shuttle students from area schools to local employers so that they can spend time with local tech professionals and understand what, uh, what a career in technology might look like. We hold camps every summer that cover software development and robotics and networking to try and introduce a broad variety of, of education and opportunities to these students. So, you know, we're trying to start very early. That's a long-term investment 
to grab somebody oh, yeah. in middle school before they're actually filling a job, but it's important to have that pipeline. And so we start there and then we hopefully feed them right into, you know, these degree programs that we've, that we've told the colleges and universities that we need. We also work closely with a variety of boot camps that have sprung up. That, that's not unique to Nashville. They're, they're all across the country, but basically providing opportunities for adult career changers to be able to get the skills that they need to move into the tech workforce. Though we have hundreds and hundreds of people graduating from those programs right now, and that's filling a very important need as well. A curiosity for me, you know, for anybody that might be listening to this that works for you know, the government here in Kentucky or works within the universities, uh, when you sit down and you have these IT advisory councils with these universities, what stakeholders from the university themselves uh, themselves is, is in these meetings? Is it the president? Is it the head of their uh, IT departments? Who, who do you f- typically find sitting in on these meetings with you? In the early stages of those conversations, we try to bring top level, you know, president level people in on the conversations. They're not going to remain connected on a month to month or quarter to quarter basis. But usually what we've seen is it's the head of the computer science departments. It's that, you know, or the dean of the, of the computer science department. It's that level of person that's really focused on uh, growing that set of students in that curriculum. Yeah. And I think it's really worth noting how important that role is to connect the university and these different educational institutions that are developing the talent with what you guys are seeing out in the actual startup ecosystems. I mean, nobody is better positioned to do that than you guys. The universities aren't going to be able to keep their finger on the pulse as well as somebody like the Nashville Technology Council. And then for you guys to take that a step further for the university and go all the way down to middle school and high school and try and introduce those kids and and teenagers to technology, that's a very critical role in a startup ecosystem. And And to be that connective tissue is something that I, I want a lot of the startup ecosystems, Lexington and Louisville in, partic- in particular here in Kentucky, to look at and understand that that is, that is really the only way to develop your talent is to get them young like that and get them inspired about technology. So I just think that is an incredible role for you guys to be playing. And I'll tell you, one, one other bottleneck to this whole process is finding qualified teachers, particularly in the K-12 through space. Because unfortunately, what happens is once you get the skills to teach software development or whatever it might be, all of a sudden you're worth a lot of money out in, you know, the private sector and they get they get sucked away by companies that hire them to do other things. So um, a big part of our work and this is being funded with some grants that we've gotten from the state is not only to support these programs that I just described, but also to support programs that will skill up teachers. So maybe you have a teacher that's been teaching math and we, we give them the additional skills so that they can teach computer science or networking. Or maybe it's an English teacher or maybe it's a music teacher. I mean, let's find a teacher who's passionate about teaching and give them the additional ability or the additional skills to teach technology-related courses. Yeah. And I think a really big part of how you guys are doing that, I assume, is promoting uh, the companies and the ecosystem 
that you guys are also trying to grow at the same time. So talk a little bit about this this last pillar that you guys have, which is promote. Uh, how are you guys going about promoting the ecosystem and the companies building within it? So promote is kind of uh, two-pronged. First is to promote our member companies within Middle Tennessee. So one of the advantages, if you become a member of, of our technology council, is that we're going to let everybody know what it is that you do and try and help connect the dots so that uh, maybe you can help solve a problem that another one of our member companies has that will result in a benefit for, for both of you. So promoting our member companies is a part of that. But then the other part is promoting Nashville to the world, which actually I enjoy personally probably more than, than the other things that we do. I've spent a lot of time with that, what we call economic development, but promoting Nashville. And that's, you know, some of that is, is inbound opportunities. So I don't know, it's been a couple of years ago, we had a particularly busy year that if I'm remembering right, we had, we had visitors from 20 different states in four different countries, all coming to Nashville, just to find out what's about Nashville that we keep hearing about, you know, tell us about what's going on. So there's, Participating in those kinds of conversations, participating in codenamed projects. Many times we don't even know who it is that we're talking to. So there's a there's a consultant that's been hired by a company that wants to either relocate their headquarters or expand. And they hire this consultant and they go out and they're talking to several different cities. And to control that conversation and to control that process, they assign a code name. You don't know, you know, they, they only use first names. They don't use last names. Sometimes they slip up and you figure out who it is. But the idea is that you kind of level the playing field and you're competing just based on the information that's been provided. So regardless of what type of company it is, in the end, these days, every company is a tech company. And so the conversation or the question is going to be asked, well, what does the tech talent pipeline look like? And what does the tech ecosystem uh, look like that our people would get plugged into if we were to relocate to Nashville? And so that's the part of that process that we get invited into to, to answer those questions. And then there's also outbound promotion. So that takes many forms. You know, I, a lot of what I do through uh, social media ends up being seen by people all over the world. And we get, we get a lot of connections that way, but we've, uh, you know, I've traveled to San Francisco. I've traveled to Canada. I've traveled to the UK. Uh, I've traveled to DC and, and other parts of the country. And with every one of those trips, we're always promoting Nashville, you know, what's going on here, why you would want to do business with our member companies or why, if I'm talking to a business owner, you might want to consider expanding or relocating to Nashville. Just telling the story of, uh, of what's going on here. And culturally, how do you describe Nashville to somebody that's never been there? I'm, I'm curious, you know, it's known as Music City, but how do you describe Nashville to somebody that has no context of what it is and you meet them and then they ask, what's Nashville like? What's your answer to that? So generally, there's at least a point of reference and maybe it's, Music City, or maybe it's Jack Daniels, or maybe it's 
a bachelorette party that they attended at some point. You know, there's a there's a lot of of uh, opportunities for people these days to to get connected to Nashville. But what we went through an exercise at the beginning of 2020 before COVID hit and everything shut down, and that was what does the tech council mean to you, and what what do we think make our tech community unique? And whether it was talking to my team, my employees, or our board, or the community in general, there were several words that were repeated and that kind of floated to the top. Collaborative, inclusive, friendly, maybe sounds a little hokey, but those are, those are the things that we think make Nashville special. I remember right after I was hired as the, the CEO, I don't think my first day had actually uh, arrived yet, but I attended an event and there was a guy there, Clark Buckner. I don't know if you, you guys have ever met Clark. He runs a podcast here and he actually leads a podcast meetup here. So very, very much into the business that you're in. So he was there with his microphone and he grabbed me walking down the hall and he shoved the microphone up in my face and he said, Brian, the new head of the technology council, tell me, what's the secret sauce? What makes Nashville special? You know, and I'm, I'm sure I can imagine what the look on my face was. He gave me a chance to kind of collect my thoughts before we, before we started recording. But that was the first question I was asked. And what I said, I still hold to be true. And that is, you know, I think it kind of comes down to Southern values and Nashville doesn't have a corner on the market for Southern values, not not by a long stretch. But I do think that's a part of what makes Nashville special. You know, you, you look at how Nashville reacted to the flood back in 2010, I think it was. Instead of, woe is me, who's going to come rescue us? It was like, okay, everybody, we got a problem here. Let's roll up our sleeves and help our neighbors out that, that really need the help. It's kind of a special community. And my take was it all kind of goes back to Southern values. You know, they call this the Bible belt. And I, I just think that's an important part of it. Yeah. We feel that up here as well. That's one part of our, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, you're, we're, we're not that far away and, yeah, and I'm sure. sure it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that, you know, even when we ask people that are not from around here and they've moved here, you know, what do they notice? They said the same similar things to you. I think that's what uh, an advantage of this whole region um, that we all have is is those values, and I we hundred percent agree with you. I've felt that in Nashville as well. I've got a lot of friends moving down there right now. It's a popular, very popular place to move uh, from friends moving down there after graduating college. So I've I've experienced that from visiting a lot lately. Uh, so to close, to kind of have some closing questions here. Uh, it sounded like earlier you mentioned I was going to ask you, you know, which of these four pillars is most important to grow in an ecosystem. If you had, only had to choose one, you said the talent. I think that makes a ton of sense. You know, that seems like first principles. If you don't have the talent, uh, then you're just not going to attract anybody to go work in Nashville as if they're a technology company. You know, I think I think you answered that already. But I do want to ask, you know, you've had Oracle, Amazon, some major companies move in. How would you describe the growth that Nashville is seeing right now? And how are you all um, adapting to it and changing with it? Because I'm sure it's all happened very quickly. Uh, and I, th- I thought I heard a crazy stat that, like, the amount of cranes in Nashville is – more than anywhere in the world except Dubai. I think I heard that. Some kind of crazy stat like that. So the growth is wild. So how are you experiencing it? At at some point, 
I've heard all kinds of stories. At, at some point, we were talking about we had more more cranes in the air than New York City, but there's a lot. I think there's 35, somewhere between 35 and 40 right now, active projects that are being built. So the work that we're seeing the results of right now go back decades, really. And it's not something that can just happen overnight. It's been steady, intentional work that's been invested over at least the last 22 years. I mean, this organization was formed in 1999 specifically to try and promote and support the tech startup scene here in Middle Tennessee. So there's been a concerted effort for at least 22 years. I think over the past six or seven years, what's been happening is, you know, Asurian relocated their headquarters here, and this goes back at least 15 years. And then Eventbrite decided to open an office here, and then House and Postmates and Lyft. In many cases, those companies, traditional San Francisco companies, what most people consider tech companies, opened an office here, and the first people they hired were customer support because of what we were just talking about. We, we're friendly. You know, we make really good customer support uh, representatives. But what they discovered when they got here was, oh, my, there's, there's tech talent here, too. And so Eventbrite started building out their engineering team, and Postmates started building out their engineering teams. And so it, it kind of just happened that our focus with making sure that the skills that our college graduates were coming out with met the needs of our employers. And these companies realized that these graduates really did have great skills. So that was, that was kind of the start of it. And then there's just been a stream of additional companies. Probably if, if you wanted to look at an inflection point, I think it was, when Amazon started their HQ2 search, which was a very interesting process, very public, we made the short list of finalists in that. And I think we were the smallest city, maybe either the smallest or the, or the second smallest city in that group. And we did not win the HQ2. Some people might say, thank goodness, because that would have been an oh shit moment. Think about having to fill what started out as 50,000 jobs and then they cut that in half to 25,000 jobs. Still, you know, Washington, D.C. and New York were, were uh, going to be having problems with that. So during that process, Amazon learned enough about Nashville to where they decided that for all the things we've been talking about, they wanted to have a presence here. And so they announced a logistical center of excellence that they were going to build and hire 5,000 people. That was a right-sized kind of opportunity for Nashville. And if you want to talk about an inflection point, I think that was probably it. So that was two and a half years ago. And when a company the size of Amazon says, we're going to plant a flag in Nashville because we believe in what Nashville has to offer, that got the attention of all kinds of other companies. From what I've heard, I haven't heard this from Oracle, but from what I've heard, when 
Amazon made that announcement was when Oracle seriously started looking at, wow, if Amazon's there, we need to be there. I mean, AWS, Oracle, big competitors, we we need to be looking at, at Nashville. And so that kind of started um, their interest in the region. And there's been, you know, a whole slew of other companies now. So it might be easy to look at this and say, well, you know, you were just lucky, maybe some, but but I think it's really the hard work and, you know, we can talk about, we don't have time, but we could talk about the general decisions made by our city government and by our state that really kind of spearheaded the economic growth coming out of the recession of 08 and 09. That's the real magic when it happened in building Music City Center, taking a flyer and investing billions of dollars in, in, in that facility that has driven the need for additional hotels and I think from a general economic development perspective really kind of kick-started what's going on. Yeah, and I mean ultimately it, it's all compounding, right? There's no – it's hard to point at one thing and say this is exactly what kind of caused – the entire thing to go upward. It's all of those different decisions and investments that came into Nashville that made it what it is today. Uh, and, you know, one of the main reasons that Middle Tech and we we started in Lexington are, are primarily Kentucky-based. One of the reasons we wanted to start doing interviews in places like Nashville and Cincinnati and Indianapolis is because we know that your all's ecosystem is a few steps ahead of ours. Uh, and that's one of the main things I think that our listeners are going to get out of this interview is uh, what you guys are doing and how important the work you guys are doing and hopefully be able to get some stuff together and, and pull organizations together and resources together to do a lot of the same things that you guys are doing. So to kind of close us out here with one final question, what would be your message to other ecosystems like Kentucky's that might be several steps behind the Nashville ecosystem if they want to get to where you guys are today? So you ask about of the four pillars, what, what I think is the most important and we do invest more more time and resources into developing our tech talent, and I do think that's critical. But really, my advice would be build the community. You know, really go out and find all the techies that you can find, and be very broad with that with that criteria, that search criteria, and look for ways to bring them together and to engage them. I think that's where you start. I think that's where you have to start. For sure. I think that's great advice. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this with us. Before we let you go, we always like to give our guests an opportunity to tell the audience where they can find them if they'd like to learn more about either the Nashville Technology Council or yourself. Uh, so let us know where, where we can find you. Sure. So technologycouncil.com. Don't know how we ever landed that URL, but we got it. <laughs> I uh, yeah, when I was going through and doing research, and I I copied that address. I'm like, there's no way they got this, but that's awesome. Yeah, so technologycouncil.com, and and that would that would point you to you know all of our other technology council social media. Me personally, it's on LinkedIn, it's BD Moyer on Twitter, it's at BD Moyer. I guess those are the two most important ways that you could uh, that you could find or follow what's going on here. Perfect. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. We're excited to watch you guys continue to grow down there in Nashville, and hopefully we'll be able to take some of uh, what we learned in this interview and apply it up here in Lexington, Louisville, and Kentucky as a whole. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. And let me know how we can assist what you're trying to do up there. We would, we would love to help. We really appreciate that for sure. Well, it's been great, Brian. Thanks so much. 